Hello, everyone. Lou Weiss from Manufacturing Talk uh, Radio in Fairfield, New Jersey, in the good old used U.S. of A. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, today. Uh, we've got a, an interesting show, uh, as I think most of them are. Some people say they're boring, but I don't. I don't agree with that. Uh, we have a, a special guest. Uh, we are speaking to a gentleman from Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, his name is uh, Sebastian. Elmgren, and uh, I'm going to bring him on right now, and we're going to talk about Industry 4.0 and Ericsson and how they participate in that. So, um, Sebastian, why don't you join us? Hello, can you see me? Uh, uh, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Thank you for joining us. Uh, what, what time is it there to, uh, now, the afternoon? Uh, yes, uh, five past five in the afternoon. Five past five. So. I was. I wish I was at five point at five oh five today. <laughs> <laughs> I will have already gone through all the crises and stuff of the day. Anyway, thanks for joining <laughs> us. And um, today we're we're going to talk about uh, uh, industry uh, 4.0 and uh, Ericsson, which is uh, certainly a brand name that is known. Worldwide, probably even by the penguins on the North and South Pole. <laughs> uh, I, I think your marketing reach probably has reached there already. Uh, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> most likely is right. Um, so, uh, uh, Sebastian, tell us, uh, our audience, uh, what, what we're talking about. What's industry for? Uh, well, to me, Industry 4.0 is really uh, to use data in your production and be driven by data. And what that means is that, I mean, you have this, you collect data and then you analyze data and then you act based on that data. And then, of course, there are a million of different technology, I mean, AR, um, um, virtual reality, collaborative robots and so on. But they all fit into one of these, these categories, either collecting, analyzing or acting based on data. Uh, so that's my view. And then, of course, Ericsson with connectivity, we come in in, in moving this data between these different phases in, in the Industry 4.0. So is the purpose of all this data collection and data analysis and data implementation into your operation procedures and so on, is it for the purposes of um, better efficiency, better productivity, uh, lower costs, uh, ability to sell more directly to you, who your customers should be. Uh, and I can go on and on and on what the numbers give uh, because we have the same thing in, in our, uh, the all metals and forge group company that we have that makes uh, forgings. I had to put in that plug, sorry. <laughs> uh, so that being said, is that the purpose or is it any one of them or all or no, I would say it's it's all of those, and I mean it, it's 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 basically I mean it's very similar to what we, how we always worked within manufacturing to to more be more be more efficient. But now it's it's new tools coming in, and also this to to have it easier to work with large amount of data that 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 we couldn't do before. Uh, maybe one thing that's coming in is what you were touching here, really the flexibility to to be able to to mass customize. That's that's one thing that's, that's coming quite strong, but all of these plays together here in, in its driving forces for, for the industry 4.0. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
uh, what do you, is there any one particular aspect of uh, data collection or data mining uh, that has a, perhaps the greatest impact on a manufacturing facility over some other uh, aspect? I think, I mean, what, what I've seen so far, and, and that's, that might be that it's, it's, it's low-hanging fruit, is, is the um, uh, predictive maintenance. I think that that's an easy way to start, and it, it really gives a quick impact on, on your production. So, uh, so to understand the status of your, your machinery and then do maintenance based on that, I think that's quite powerful. Yeah, that, uh, frankly, I haven't thought about that. That's an interesting point. Uh, and what about the, uh, the impact or effect on uh, the shop floor, uh, the employees, uh, the skilled tool makers and the machinists and so on and so forth? Does that negatively impact them or does it make their job easier? I think it would make their the job easier because, I mean, this is really democratizing the technology that we can put all the system support and, and, and all this technology on the shop floor in the hands of the people in the forefront. So it's really uh, empowering them in, in a completely new way. And I think there, there would be a lot of, of industries that, that would need to, to, to reorganize how they're working because decisions can be taken on a completely different uh, level and quicker than, than before. You don't there would be, be more impact on middle management, I should say, than, than on the people on the, on the, on the shop floor, actually. Uh, do you find uh, resistance from either shop floor personnel or managers uh, about the fact that, uh, or I shouldn't say fact, but the illusion that this type of process uh, eliminates jobs? Um, not really. I would rather the, the other way around. That I mean, in, at least in Europe, we have a, a, there is an, an aging population. There is a lack of, of people who wants to work in the industry, and this to introduce these new technologies will be a way of, of being an attractive employer for the younger generation. They don't want to work with old um, tools and so on. They want they want to 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 have something similar to their iPhone when they're working and then to use. Um, old, uh, so I think this this is a way of of attracting and, and keeping people. And also, they, they want to wear yeah. a white coat next to the CNC machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so I think that that's uh, yeah, and and also to keep the I mean all the also the the, the older uh, operators and so on to keep them in in in. Uh, having them being able to work for longer time with more automation, they they can. Then, I mean, you you keep the competence. You don't need to do the, all the heavy lifting if, if you can offload that, but you can still keep the competence. So so uh, I don't see uh, really this this that the worryness that it would take your more that that it will will make it continue to to make European uh, manufacturers competitive by. You mentioned an interesting point about Europe's uh, aging community, uh, which uh, is happening here as well. Uh, it's aging. I think people are beginning to work. You know, one time when you reach age 65 here, you were supposed to retire. Matter of fact, in some companies, it was mandatory. Uh, now, uh, you know, people are working to. I, I heard a lawyer being interviewed last night. He's 103, practicing, <laughs> and he, he has had his most recent Supreme Court uh, hearing 
was within the last two years. And he, so people are, you know, if I retire, I keep telling my wife, I said, uh, why do I want to retire? She said, well, you should retire. You know, I said, why? I I said, if I retire, I'll probably start another business. So, (laughs) but there are those who are bailing out. There are people, unfortunately, that are getting older. And the other thing that uh, is evolved is that we have a slower birth rate. Mm. And uh, the slower birth rate combined with those who want to wear uh, white coats and they don't want to work dark, dirty, and dangerous anymore, uh, this is the way it's going. And uh, you mm. may as well buy in or drop out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's exactly the same here in Europe. And, and it's. Uh, yeah. But you have in, in uh, Europe, you have the uh, educational system to train uh, tool and die makers and machinists and so on. And that's part of the required education, is it not? Uh, yes, to, to, to some degree. Uh, and then of course you can, you can specialize, the, uh, but there's definitely that uh, basic. So uh, I think that that education system will be an important role to to make sure we have the competences as, as uh, and also the the new competences that will be needed because we need to combine this these old competences with with whatever you you need to 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 handle the new technology as well. So I think that that will be important and and similar to to the the lift in in, in competence that we did moving from from most people being farmers to being able to work in in an industrial environment. Now we need to do that the educational lift again. Right, right. Uh, okay, so we've now gone through and we've discussed the issues, the problems, uh, the people, the retiring birth rate. We did all of that. <laughs> what does Ericsson do in regard to fixing, curing, improving, and so on, uh, the way the world is today? Yes, as you said, with marketing, I think most people have now heard that uh, Ericsson's big, big game here is 5G. So, so that's that's. Uh, the the thing we are rolling out now, and and when it comes to to the industry, that the, the part of 5G with which we believe most in is what we call private 5G or dedicated 5G, and that's that's really that you as a manufacturer inside your factory, you get your own 5G network uh, to fulfill your needs for for machine to machine communication or whatever you, you need there, um, and that would be I mean it's a totally isolated network, uh, all the data stays inside the factory. It's um, um, local survivability. Somebody cuts a cable outside, your production will continue to, to, to go on and you are in control of all the resources there. So we think that this is, is um, uh, where we can add value to, to the industry. And clearly it would have a positive effect on the cybersecurity global issue because all your data is protected within your four, wall, four walls, is it correct? Exactly. I mean, we think that, I mean, you need to, there are different kind of, of uh, security measures that needs to be in place for, for a factory network than you have for an office network. There are the, uh, you need to treat that differently and, and have that isolated. Still, you need to have some secure ways of exchanging data, but to, to have this isolated network to start with, make sure you have to have a secure foundation that you can build on. Suppose I was a company like Ericsson who we all have told, said, we all know, and you have branches uh, all over the world. 
facilities all over the world. Are they all plugged into the uh, industry 405G in blocked in the four walls on a global basis? Yeah, if if we look at our own own production, as you said, we have we have production all over the world, and and uh, they they are adopting this technology, so they have their own 5G networks. Uh, so we have production in in uh, in China, Estonia, and now also we opened a new factory in um, in Texas, in the US, brand new Greenfield, and all of these are uh, powered by 5G, so to say, as we build that as a foundation. So if Mr. Erickson, the president. Uh, once he's sitting at his desk and he wants to tap in and see what the production level of his new plant in Texas is, can he do that through his system? Yeah, he would be able to do that. So there is kind of this um, control tower, so he can actually see everything that goes on in the factory, if he would like that, down to the, the smallest truck moving around. Uh, or an aggregated view might be even more interest for him. But, but in, in theory, he could look at all the details, yes. That is phenomenal. We're living in really, in many ways, a wonderful age, even with all the difficulties. And definitely, uh, has uh, uh, COVID at all impacted the uh, value use of Ericsson products? Yes, I mean, the communication is is more important than ever. So that this has been really a build out of all the the, the infrastructure and. And I think the the use case looking at factories that have had the highest input uh, impact uh, is um, uh, remote assistance. So um, that's the use case where you have these augmented glasses, and somebody on the shop floor can walk out, look at the machine that's not working, and somebody at the other end of the world can look through his eyes and give advice what to do. As we can't travel, we need to have that way of sending expertise. Uh, if it's a machine or if it's a new product that is being introduced, and we need to have the designer giving advice how to produce it. So that has been been quite powerful. And I think that that will live on that, that to avoid too much traveling to give this kind of remote support. Sure. Well, that, that about that point about the future, what what is the future of 4.0? Is it going to become 5.0 and 6.0, 7.0? I mean, are we entering the true living, breathing Star Trek era? I mean, most likely. But I mean, we have already started with six six G now, so so that's that's uh, that's what really? we're developing. I mean, I mean, five D. We started a couple of years ago, uh, and now we're just rolling it out. Now it's a, it's a ready product. So now we start with six six G that will be ready in a couple of years. So I mean, the the, the development speed is is quite fast here, uh, but still the. Uh, they build on each other. So even if we are now introducing 5G, 4G will live on for many years to get with 5G. So we're just adding capabilities and, and not taking away really. So um, even if we talk with different generations here. So we're just gonna go shooting through the universe with newer and newer, bigger, better technology than ever before. Yes, and uh, and I think I mean it's hard to imagine what you would do with with more capacity than than we have today. But it was the same with when when we introduced four G, we had very hard to explain what people should use this this for. I mean, what would you do with one hundred megabits per second in your pocket? It's crazy fast, <laughs> and now people are using that as nothing. And now we are introducing 5G and it's like, yeah, it's 30 gigabits per second. We can't imagine the applications, but we know in, in a year or two, 
that would run out of capacity as well because I mean there would be new applications that we haven't even thought about. Right, right, and mostly because you didn't have the tool to be able to do it. Exactly. Once you open the box and people see what's there, there's a new tool, then they will build on that. I, I have a favorite expression uh, around my uh, colleagues, and that is, if it can do this, can it do that? <laughs> and that's what I say to my computer people all the time. And, you know, boom, we're just off into the, into the uh, sunset coming up with uh, ideas and uh, uh, things that we could be doing and should be doing and even improve upon it as you're developing it, which I'm sure you experience also. Definitely. I mean, those are the best kind of discussions. And we often see that when we introduce these, these 5G technologies to, to manufacturing companies who haven't seen it before. And we say, yeah, this is what we've seen with other people do. And they are exactly as you say, ooh, but then we would be able to do this as well. And like, yeah, 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 most likely. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If it could do this, can it do that? Yeah. I, I've been doing that since 1990s. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an old metals guy, and here I am doing uh, podcasts about manufacturing. Uh, this was really uh, wonderful, Sebastian. I would like, uh, if you would, to give our listener and audience the, uh, uh, your URL and how to get in touch with you if they have some direct questions or perhaps somebody wants to place a purchase order uh, or what have you. So why don't you give us that information? Yeah, ha happy to share. I mean, it's uh, sebastian.elvian at ericsson.com and just drop me an email and I, I, I can support you or, or guide you to the right guys within Ericsson who can, can do that. Um, so right. and if you want to a, learn more. Can you give yeah, us sorry. an email again? Yeah, sebastian.elvian at ericsson.com. Excellent, so, okay, that's great. Any parting words, uh, Sebastian, before we uh, take off? No, just that I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how we can combine the, the, the manufacturing world now with, with the 5G technology and have this, this wonderful discussion as, as you have. If we can do this, then we should be able to do this as well. Uh, I think that that will be what's, what's driving this development to, to the next generation as well. So I, I hold open a open invite that as you, Ericsson, progress, and if you would like to uh, come back on the show and talk about uh, a new technology, a new this, a new that, please feel free. Uh, uh, our, our listeners are like sponges, and uh, I as well. I like new, knowing the newest, the best, and the greatest. And again, I thank you for being on our show. And uh, we will talk with you uh, hopefully in the future. Thank you. Nice. Thank, you. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to coming back. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, yeah. that, that was great. I uh, really appreciate uh, your input, uh, uh, Sebastian. Uh, I'm going to do my new uh, exit from the show. Uh, I wind up... Uh, uh, blowing this ad up bigger, and then I do a walk off and uh, let everybody see all the other shows that we do. Uh, okay. Weekly shows. And we have got uh, a couple of monthly series. So uh, uh, I bid you adieu, and uh, we will talk uh, next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye. Oh, here we are. Um, 
see our new background with our new shows and I'm doing my slow exit. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.